Hey, I'm Trevor, and I love most things. So I decided to start a podcast where I sit with friends and defend films most people hate. Welcome to Trevor Loves Everything. Oh, man. It was <laughs> terrible. Now I'm mad at him for making me watch it again. It's so good. Well, Trevor Loves Everything. Everything! Today's episode is about Transformers, and I'm joined with the notorious John Nelson. Ooh, the notorious J-O-H-N. That's right. Howdy. How you doing? I'm delightful. How are you? I'm pretty great. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Michael Bay Transformers movie. Oh, I can't wait. We're under attack! We're facing war against a technological civilization far superior to our own. Our enemy can take any shape. They could be anywhere. Bring it! And you guys can't see it, but he's he's actually wearing a Transformers shirt. I am, because I like to get into character. Yeah, at least... Uh... But this is uh, the real Transformers... <laughs> I'm wearing a Transformers, as they would say, G1, the Generation 1 shirt. <laughs> Not that garbage. Um, and I should probably apologize in advance to the audience because um, I will probably reference the original Transformers quite a bit because I have an obsessive love for the cartoon and the toys. So, uh, And I just last night went and saw the original Transformers, the movie, screened in theaters across the nation and, and at a Fathom event, so uh, it's on my mind already. Oh, so I'm just going to be like, yeah, when this happened, you're like, I don't remember... That didn't happen in that movie. <laughs> None of that is real. None of that is what... You are not talking about anything. <laughs> Nothing exists past this cartoon it movie. It was cartoons <laughs> and cartoon explosions and Orson Welles. <laughs> Well, um, for those of you that don't know, for the 10 of you that haven't seen the Michael Bay Transformers movie, because as divisive as this um, may be, everybody has seen Transformers by Michael Bay. I would, I would venture to say a lot of people have seen it. Everyone! Well, let me ask you something. Transformers, the just the first one, right? Just the first one. Okay. I, I feel like the as as the numbers got tacked on, the two, three, four, five, the audience plummeted pretty quickly, especially <laughs> after two. But one, I feel like everybody was curious, and then there was a lot talking about it, people loving it and hating it, so I feel like that got a giant audience. That's probably true. But for those of you who haven't seen it... Um, it is kind of Shia LaBeouf's big blockbuster explosion. I think he did Disturbia right before this or right after it. Mm. Um, and this is kind of... Michael Bay had a lot of really great movies before it, like The Rock and Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2. <laughs> Sorry, I think it was funny when you said he had a lot of great movies before. <laughs> I'm already disagreeing with you, but, I, or, but go on, please. Or, well, he had... He had big blockbuster, big. Okay, That's, I'll say that, that part is true. He had big, successful blockbuster movies that a lot of people like, yes. such as The Rock. I think Armageddon was Michael Bay's, right? Yes, Armageddon. Um, Bad Boys. Bad one Boys. And two. One and two. Bad Boys Two is arguably one of the best action movies um, of our generation. Uh, <laughs> John's getting filled with rage already. I love it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, anyway, but but Transformers is what kind of like. With like blew him up, 
Like those were the big things, and people people who watched action movies would be like, oh, like I, I like the these ones, or oh, I hate Michael Bay movies. Mm. But then when Transformers came out, I was like, who is? It was kind of like the Joss Whedon doing Avengers. It was right. like this big spectacle. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely like much anticipated. It was like for those of us who were big fans of the cartoon and uh, the original toys. I mean, it was much anticipated and then for just you know michael bay fans and spielberg fans it was like oh my shit and god there's gonna be giant fucking robots turning into cars and guns and weapons so excited it yeah so it was again steven spielberg was producing so yeah much much anticipated yeah and it paid off and it was really great and everybody loved it so that's the end of that podcast yeah (laughs) can't imagine anybody having a different opinion about that can't imagine going to the theater loving transformers your whole life and being so so very disappointed that didn't happen well so that'll actually be an interesting thing because the first episode was me and josh talking about lady in the water and obviously lady in the water was an original movie right and so there wasn't an, an expectation of like something that you loved as a child so this is this will actually have because you did, I didn't watch Transformers as a kid. I didn't see the Transformers movie. I played with the toys, obviously, but that was about it. I like how you said obviously. It's like, wow, that's to me. It's not obvious. I because I was I'm I'm older than Trevor, if you can't tell by the uh, gentle timber of my voice. But uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a half a generation older than Trevor, I would mm-hmm. guess. And so for me, when they came out, you know, the Transformers came out in the '80s. The toys came out in the '80s, and I was a kid in the '80s and the perfect age for that. It yeah. was just like. I've told this story on my own podcast, the Hold Up Podcast, um, that I walked into a Mervyn's clothing store, and my mom, uh, you know, she was taking me shopping, or she was going to go shopping, and then she just told me to fuck off to the toy section. And I went in, and there were rows and rows of Optimus Primes. And I looked at them, and I saw this big red truck toy but on the outside you know the toy was in the package and then on the outside of the package was the drawing of optimus prime the robot and i just about shit myself because i was like a car that turns or a truck that turns into a robot what? be still my beating heart and i swear it was, from then on it was just uh utter twitter patient of, you know with the transformers I, I have been collecting them my whole life since i have boxes and boxes of these shits that I, they're not even open. Half of them I can't, you have to just store them because there's nowhere to put them. I have a whole display case of Transformers and that's it. And then just uh, you know, everything else is stored away. Well, that's impressive. Because I love them so much. So for Michael Bay to come along and do his version of the movie, <laughs> I was I was hesitant but excited before I saw the movie. <laughs> but, but we can get into that. <laughs> um, well, to get back to the toys thing, I said obviously because um, I feel like they that like my kids play with Transformers. They don't even know that there's a cartoon about it. They just it's like you said, it's vehicles that turn into robots. Like what is not cool about that as a toy? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a fantastic toy, and it's and you know it's got had many many media iterations since. Lots of cartoons, <laughs> lots of. Shows and comics and, you know, radio dramas, I'm sure. Just everything you can think of. They've become, obviously, a huge franchise. And the franchise has never actually gone away. It seems like, oh, you know, it was big in the 80s and then disappeared. But it was, like, always going. There was always, like, a Beast Wars or there was, you know, something or other. It's been going in perpetuity for, like, 20 years. I say in perpetuity and then I give a number. That's stupid. (laughs) It's been going for 20 years. Uh or 30 now. Yeah, it's like 30 years just nonstop, which is crazy. I would say almost 40, right? Uh, 2018, if it was... Well, in... it's, if, 
early 80s if you use math it's 30 because it came out when i was about 10 so oh and since well maybe it's 35 give away your age there john i'm 45 years old (laughs) it came out when i was around 10 so about 35 years there you go um so as any as any of you few people who listen to this podcast know, I Aww, gotta, give yourself more credit than that. There are dozens of us. Dozens. As the millions of you know, that's better. This podcast is about me uh, loving something that most people hate, and my friends representing those those people that hate this thing with such a passion, such a fiery passion. We often have many discussions about these things, and they're often flabbergasted as to why, A, any of them would end up in my top 10 films, like Lady in the Water, or B, that I would watch them more than once and enjoy them. I Yeah, well, that part I just don't get. I don't understand the... But you're a man who I don't understand how you find the time to do... You're like, you have one of those like Doctor Who-like machines that you can just go inside and time runs differently in there like you can watch whole seasons of Buffy and shit I can't even watch like three shows that I want to watch and you're like yeah I watched 26 episodes of this thing that I sort of liked and then I watched you know 12 seasons of Buffy in between and then I tried out you know Ozark it's it's crazy to me how much crud you can watch I did try out Ozark did you like it uh Stacey and I only watched the first episode we did not. And here we're we're about that. to argue over Transformers, and you're giving me <laughs> good Christ, Trevor. Oh God. What has the world come to? <laughs> See, this whole thing is like a, a bad exercise anyway, because the truth is, I don't want to talk you out of loving Transformers. What good does that do? Because if I talk you out of loving Transformers, then I've ruined your life <laughs> and and taken away you make what, me a little less happy. <laughs> I've taken away one of the things that makes you special, which is you just love everything. But if I don't convince you then you'll keep loving it, which is possibly a worse atrocity. So I, there's no winning here. There's no way to win. This podcast is a no-win situation. So there. So, so, so that, now let's dive in. Now the, we'll rebrand it. Trevor annoys everyone. <laughs> Trevor uh, gets a dose of life. How yes. About that? Well, back to, for those of you who haven't seen Transformers, the dozens of you. Dozens? Who have seen, who have not seen Transformers, uh, basically uh, robots from the sky fall onto planet Earth. <laughs> they fall onto planet Earth and uh, Shia LaBeouf gets one of them as a car and there's something called Nullspark. And then they all aren't fight. You, wait, aren't you the one who loves this? I like how you're just like throwing it off. Like, and then there's like an all spark. Well, I don't, I don't know. Some shit happens in this. I don't, I don't want to like just like beat by beat the whole thing. So I'm just like, <laughs> there's. So basically, there's an all spark that can create Cy- Cybertron is where the where the Transformers come from. The all spark's what created the Transformers, and it makes its way to Earth. And the good and bad transformers who are the autobots and the decepticons are fighting over the allspark because they want the the autobots want to protect it and the decepticons want to destroy earth and make it cybertron so that's the basic plot of transformers by the way that was much more succinct and uh clear than the transformers movie (laughs) the plot that you just described i did not get out of that movie (laughs) And I'm a fan of Transformers. I know the story, and I didn't get that out of the movie. <laughs> that movie is so fucking convoluted. Oh, my anyway, God. Anyway, sorry, I'm interrupting. So I, I'm i actually a big fan. I'm a, I'm a much too, I think all of my friends dismay, I'm a Michael Bay fan. Well, see, here's the thing. I understand being a Michael Bay fan, especially 
uh, well, this is going to sound wrong, but especially younger dudes, especially like young film student dudes, I understand because he can he can set a picture. I mean, he can create a look of something. Yes. I just feel like it's uh, in aid of the wrong story because there is no story most of the time. It's just like, oh, shit happens for no good reason. It's like, well, I'm watching explosions and they look really cool, but I don't know why a thing is exploding. And certainly I don't know why the human beings in this movie are doing the things they do because they never really justify why human beings do anything in a Michael Bay film. <laughs> Especially in a movie where the humans are sort of just in the way. <laughs> like Pain and Gain, you know why they're doing things. Yeah, that's true. Well, Pain and Gain's one of his better movies. Yeah, I actually really like Pain and Gain. So I can and I actually I liked The Rock and Bad Boys was fine. I didn't have much of an opinion of that and i kind of even liked armageddon up to a point mm-hmm. uh but the point is about where you know science took a back seat and logic to, you know, just flew out the window and they decided you know what it's it's easier to train drillers to astronaut than astronauts to drill <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what that is <laughs> stupid but i do i do like michael bay movies i like pain and gain the island the rock armageddon bad boys one bad boys two is one of my favorite action movies um the list goes on 13th hour i've seen seven times good um, i really Lord, enjoy man. that movie so and and to clarify it's not i it's not that i think he's this amazing storyteller he admittedly is not <laughs> a good storyteller he says he makes movies for teenage boys essentially he right. makes I mean, explosions yeah and he's like i'm not good with story um and and i'd argue that he he can be good like pain and gain was interesting and it wasn't a bunch of explosions and i really enjoyed pain and game i enjoyed pain and gain too and now i mean we've mentioned it a couple of times i can say yes it's it's his best but it's also plagued with the michael bay problem which it's too long yeah by a stretch it definitely is too and it loses coherence the longer it goes on so it's like if that movie was an hour and a half it'd be great but i feel like it's you know 16 hours long or whatever it is and so by the 16th hour you're like i think i've lost the thread of this yeah that's 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 fair (laughs) Uh, but what was cool about pain and gain is that was his passion project so he makes all these big blockbuster movies and that's the thing he'd been working on for like 10 years right well i do admire his again he's he's got a thing in his head he certainly is he's not just making it up and it takes a lot of work to be able to do what he can do it's just that the result of what he has in his head is just not interesting to me i I mean here's what i'll say before i completely just trash the man altogether (laughs) i the thing i think he got completely right and i don't know that anybody else would have gotten it this right is the the scope of transformers in the sense that when these giant vehicles that are already bigger than humans start turning into even bigger robots and start fighting one another and damaging buildings and bombing cities and just turning things upside down, the just the the reaction that the humans get is is the genuine like oh holy shit that would I, I believe they're like fear because that would be what happens if you saw Optimus Prime come out of nowhere. You wouldn't think to yourself, oh, this is a lovable Autobot who's here to save the world. You would think, I'm just about to shit my pants 100%. and have a heart attack and die. So yes. I, I, think, I really admire the scope of Transformers, and I feel like he gets that giant sense, that, you know, these... The sense of like giant robots fighting each other on Earth, just how perilous that is to tiny little humans. I think he's really good with that. However... 
that's where my sympathy for the humans ends because he does such a good job of showing how little they matter that they don't matter. You know what I mean? That humans, you know, the humans in Transformers movies do not matter. One iota. Uh, <laughs> they, I, you know. I would, I would disagree. I, I feel like... I feel like he gets that a lot for the Transformers movies that the the humans are just like he's focusing too much. Well, actually, he gets a lot of guff for focusing too much on the humans and not enough on the Transformers. I think a lot of people go back and forth. <laughs> well, I I will say this: I don't know that he's focusing too much on the humans. What I think he does is he puts too many stupid humans in Transformers. The original Transformers, you could take out almost every human except for Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox, and you wouldn't notice they were gone. I would disagree. But I think sitting at a computer and typing and going, "I'm going to find the code or whatever," you know that well, kind of shit. Yeah, is the, like, I enjoyed their story, and that was a fun little thing. But they're they're just like any other movie where it's a side C story, and you're like, "Oh, this is the thing to fill up the time." And it's it is it is the Michael Bay curse of making it too long. That story probably could have just gone. Like right. we didn't need to follow the whole signal that they were sending and finding out. Oh, this was an alien, and like she took it out of the secret sector seven or whatever. Like we didn't need to follow any of that shit. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like because we see it happen because we see what happens is uh there's a, a transformer a decepticon that like what does he do steal the signal is that what we've decided that is i forget the well he sends out a signal and that's what they're analyzing right yeah he sent he he has a signal when he hacks into the basically hacks into the system that has all the information of the u.s and it and it's going to tell where they're trying to find the glasses essentially that right Shia they're LeBeau trying has. the humans are trying to catch up to the robots the robots know what they're looking for it's basically this pair of glasses christ that shia labeouf <laughs> has inherited from his great great grandpappy or whatever <laughs> and so the the robots know what they're after so we the audience know what they're after and then they have, uh, I'm sorry, what's her name? Alice Eve? Alice Eve. I Alice know. Eve trying to figure out, well, I don't know what they're after. And because we, the audience, already know and their shenanigans don't matter in the long run, it's like, well, that was a useful uh, use of, you know, 20 minutes. Yeah. I'm sorry to bother you. Uh, uh, Maggie! Listen, I need no, help. this is my private area, my, my place of zen and peace. Listen to me. Who is? Shut up, Grandma! is funny but it's like but you know he's not essential to the plot and Shia LaBeouf I mean while being I guess essential I don't uh, you know couldn't prove it by me I guess he's sort of essential by 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 way of being the male hero what's Megan Fox's role I, and and I mean besides just looking pretty so, and sweaty um I think that the Megan Fox character is interesting in this movie because she does have depth She's what, wait. What's the depth? Explain that to me. She's super smart. She's she's smart with cars. She's smart with kind of getting out of jams. She's she like rolls up in the combat with Bumblebee throughout. Like she's not just this damsel in distress. Is my point. Like she's not. A lot of people like to paint the picture of like, oh, Megan Fox is just the sex object. She's over in the corner and we just look at her boobs. And yes, there is this scene where she opens the trunk and Shia LaBeouf's character is checking out Megan Fox. Um, and he's objectifying her, and we are also along with him because the camera's moving, and he's giving the because audience. Because she's what they leaning want. over to show us her goody bits, her midriff, and, exactly, and she's really, really sweaty. Yes, no, I, I, I am, I am not defending, and I am not denying that he does not use women as objects in his movies. I'm just saying a lot of people seem to let go or seem to forget the fact that Megan Fox 
has a lot more than she's just this pretty girl that comes along for the ride. She actually she knows how cars work. She's really smart. She works. She's fighting in the she, battle. With I mean, them. it's been a couple of weeks since I've seen this, so forgive me. But does she repair anything in the movie? She well, she's a, she tells him what's wrong with Bumblebee when Bumblebee uh, fakes breaking down so that he so that Shia LaBeouf and her like he's trying to help Shia LaBeouf out and he pulls well, right. Over. That's in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, that's in the beginning. Whoa, nice headers. You've got a high-rise double pump carburetor. That's pretty impressive, Sam. Double pump? It squirts the fuel in so you can go faster. Oh. I like to go faster. It looks like your uh, your distributor cap's a little loose. Yeah? How'd you know that? Uh, my dad, he was a he was a real grease monkey. He taught me all about this. I could take it all apart, clean it, put it back together. That's weird. I just wouldn't peg you for mechanical. Well, you know, I don't really broadcast it. Guys don't like it when you know more about cars than they do. Where does it pay off that she's good with cars in the end? She helps Bumblebee kind of piece himself together okay. um, and puts him up on the on the car. So that's not... They establish that she knows how to fix cars, which I think is the important part. Like, they establish her brains and her wit and her fast thinking. instead. Of, like, I don't think they had to show it. It's more just, this is not just some... Sure. Thing to be in the corner. It's and then and then she actually fights in the final battle. Well, again, Shia LaBeouf and 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 the humans fight in the final battle. But it, what happened? What what good do they do? I uh, mean, well, well, actually, debatable. But that that actually brings me to my next point, which is because you were saying Shia LaBeouf and Mega Fox get rid of every other human, and you wouldn't notice. I would argue you would notice because the military guys, especially Tyrese, if they weren't in that movie, it'd be a different movie. And Now, I can tell you, when I watched that movie again, I kept forgetting they were in the movie because <laughs> they keep disappearing for long stretches of time. And then when they come back, I'm like, oh, oh right. right. These are the military guys at the beginning who are... <laughs> Still walking in the desert for some reason, yeah. I guess. <laughs> and now they're fighting. Okay, because, all right, yeah. sure. But they don't, I mean, they have zero personality. It's like, dude's got a wife back home. Really? Like every other member yeah. of the military you've ever seen in a movie? Again, I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I, Michael Bay has admitted he's not, he's not this big, amazing storyteller. And I'll even say, like, there's a bunch of stuff in 13th Hour, even though I've seen a lot of times, there are, I think, seven or eight lines in that movie that, curl my spine and cringe <laughs> um but and so i i'm very aware of his kind of he's he goes to these weird crutches that that is lazy either lazy storytelling or just um it's barely it, even storytelling yeah i mean if you're using the same hackery that everybody has ever used it's like hey there's a soldier does he have a wife back home that's not even storytelling that's just the, right. the first thing everybody thinks of so yeah that 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 stuff I don't. That that's the kind of stuff that I just separate from. Because when I go into a Michael Bay movie, I just want to enjoy like explosions and comedy. And I feel like, but here's the funny thing. I feel like we're talking about the same thing. What you're saying is you see what he puts on screen and the stuff that sucks, you just ignore. I'm saying if he would take the shit that sucked out of his movie, he'd have a better movie. <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> i mean the shit that is not working it's like hey if you remove it then i wouldn't be complaining yeah the thing is he leaves in all the crap <laughs> he leaves in all the fucking garbage detritus that it's like well i don't need this i don't need 
gibbering on about like something silly. I mean, he's funny, but it's it doesn't mean anything to the plot. It's completely non-germane to anything going on. True. And then John Turturro shows up to be the the human bad guy. He's pretty funny. No, he's, he's pretty funny. He's not actually. I love John Turturro, and I just can't watch it because it that makes me cringe. Him, what? They strip him down to his underwear, and he's wearing like S seven, whatever yeah. that name of that organization. Sector seven, yeah. Sector seven underwear. I'm like, what the fuck movie is this? <laughs> What the fuck movie is? I mean, what reality are we living in? Because the movie, so, the, well, the movie demands that it's be a real movie. You know what I mean? It's real yeah. people, real. And then it's like, well, who wears that under? What is, is it a joke or is it, is this a cartoon? Yeah, I, mean, they I don't make get it. Cartoons out of these people. Well, I think the thing for me is um, the movie. What Michael Bay does. So Michael Bay, I think, doesn't have a good sense of humor. I, <laughs> not not in the wow. sense not in the sense like you know you tell someone a joke and they never laugh like that way. I think more like he people, thinks he's funny, but he's not. Not even that. It's I think there's people like there's people who watch Two and a Half Men and they think it's the funniest thing in the world, and there's other people who are like I see no comedy in that whatsoever. And then there's people who watch Juno and think there's a ton of comedy in there, and other people go I don't see any comedy whatsoever. Sure. So I think his comedy doesn't match the taste of people like us and others who don't enjoy it in his movies. Um, I think a lot of people do enjoy his style of comedy. I think he obviously enjoys that style of comedy. Um, And I think when he has people like Shia LaBeouf, the people who play his parents, Tyrese, his comedy is irrelevant because they can carry funny things that they do within the scene. So they can take what he wants and make it work for Michael Bay, but also, like, Tyrese makes me laugh all the time. His parents, Shia LaBeouf's parents, always crack me up. God, see, Bernie Mac is, was hilarious. I like, well, Bernie Mac I like, but he's in one scene. Yeah. And it's like, this, and the scene makes sense in the context of the movie. It's the only scene that makes any sense whatsoever. It's like, hey, they go to a used car lot to buy a used car, and he's a used car salesman. And he wants to make money, and Shia LaBeouf wants to get a car, and people's motivations couldn't be clearer in that scene. So, like, that's the scene that makes sense to me. It's like, hey, humans doing things that I understand to the to the ends that I understand, to, to the results that I understand. It's everything else where, like, they say shit, and I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what you're saying, or I don't know what your motivation is, or I don't know why you're doing the things that you're doing. I, I feel like that one's clear because... It's so simple. How can you miss it? But like, there's a lot of shit in there that's like, I don't know. I can't. I I have trouble following the movie. And I was like watching it because I had forgotten it, you know, mostly. And I was like, I need to try and you know, if follow I'm going to fairly destroy Trevor on it, I need to follow <laughs> the story. And I still only barely get the story because I'm like, well, I don't under like. So they captured Megatron in the 30s, right? Yeah. And they used it to buy, like, basically the all all advanced technology on Earth is because they got it off Megatron, right? That's, Correct. That's the thing. So if they've built all this advanced tech, why didn't they build giant robots? I don't, I don't know. See, it's shit like that is well, just also, maddening because it's like. <laughs> but if you think about it, and obviously he didn't think about we it, we had no idea that a giant robot would come from space and try and kill everybody on Earth, even though we've got one in cold storage, and we might, if we're plucking technology off of it anyway, we might as well build one that we can control, right? Right. But that never entered their heads in this. So seventy-five years. So in in my in my brain, I'm thinking. Well, first of all, I don't think Michael Bay wrote these, did he? No, but I mean, the director's responsible for saying, hey, this sucks. Hey, this is stupid. Yeah, Could no, you that's fix fair. this, please? I mean... Um, but I do think I that... Mean, I mean, I, folks, I, just a little background. I, I was once a screenwriter myself. I know how this works. So <laughs> I 
I know that screenwriters need to take their share of the blame, but in a mo- in a in a in a, in a classic situation like Transformers, Michael Bay is the final authority. I mean, they could write fucking Shakespeare, and if he doesn't put the Shakespeare on screen, then it, it's his fault. Correct. Know? That's very true. So, I mean... So, you're, that that's fair. Um, I would argue, and obviously Michael Bay didn't think this deeply, but iPhones and, or smartphones in general, I feel like is they came to us ahead of the time that we were ready for them. So you I, actually believe this in real life? I actually believe this in real life. I feel mm. like our... Our addictions and um, obsession with it is because we just it we weren't we hadn't moved there, and then all of a sudden we had this thing that could, and then rapidly every year it just got more and more. Like we have the most amazing technology in our pocket that has access to everything in the world, and I feel like we just didn't really. We didn't have a, a slow... So I feel like... And the, we use it to beat each other over the heads just like cavemen. Exactly. And so I feel like if you look at it just from your own your own perspective within the real world and not thinking about... Which is often what I do when I watch the movies anyway is I separate the director and everybody else from the movie. But that's, that's mostly how I think about it is they wouldn't create robots because we're not fucking ready for robots. But, uh, you know, that's not... But the story they yeah, set up. That's I mean, true, yeah. I, I, I'm down for like the idea that, like, oh, we created technology beyond our control and stuff like that. But then, I don't know. It's like one second humans are like super advanced, and then the next they're bumbling fools. And it's like, well, which are they? And I understand that, you know, there is a spectrum of humanity, but these are the same people that are one second they're really like John Turturro is the perfect example. One second he's menacing and he's smart and he's one step ahead of them. And the next he's in his underwear and getting pissed on because he's an idiot. And it's like, well, okay, so what is he? I, the minute he gets pissed on and is in his underwear, then everything he does from then on, I'm like, well, this is made up because he's an idiot. Where's Sector 7? Wouldn't you like to know? Bumblebee. Stop lubricating the man. Get that thing to stop, huh? Well, and that's how I saw him. I think I feel like he came in when he comes in. He comes in swinging his dick, and you're. But you get that sense, like, oh, this guy likes to throw around his power. But he would whimper the moment it got taken away from him, and it did. They they stripped him down, and then he was embarrassed, and then he was just this comic relief from there on out. Like, you're not supposed to take him seriously once they do that to him. I feel like that was very planned out. And when the when the, uh, when the the Air Force strike team, or whatever they're called, kind of pulled their guns on them and had John Turturro at gunpoint saying, like, Get, bring him the car, like, let's do this, he cowered down because they had set up okay John Turturro's not a threat anymore like we've we've established this guy's kind of a joke who was on a power trip sure but it <laughs> I mean there was no better way than that to I don't know I don't <laughs> I, it, it's it's just the kind I mean again I I understand a broad form of storytelling I'm a big fan of you know action movies that you know where things blow up and people hump and you know there's boobies and shit i get it i understand it but i feel like you got to do you got to do the work yeah you know what i mean there's plenty of smart action movies out there and i just feel like michael bay chooses the easiest route story wise now i know it's technically not the easiest route because you look at this and you're like okay that's hard to do yeah but it's like if it's in service to a terrible story then what's the fucking point i just i would i would argue the point is the spectacle of it like sure like, spectacle. like well like what I mean, you said the he crafts in his frame is is art 
I think. I think what he gives us visually is stunning. It's well-framed, it's well-orchestrated, it's to a T, like it's very technically well done. And I feel like being able to do that and do that under budget, I think he probably just thinks whatever story kind of gets all this going, like he he can't focus on both, I, I think is Michael well, obviously, problem. I don't think he can focus. I on think, both and he gets... favors. He knows what the audience is really gonna love, which is explosions and sex and comedy. But then, why put all this other dumb shit in that just doesn't focus? You know, if you want to blow shit up, I have no problem with just Autobots and Decepticons shooting at each other and blowing shit up. Why put in all this other dumb human garbage? That I don't know. If it, if I mean, I would be actually really down with. Cutting all the humans... If you re-edited Transformers and cut out all the humans, except for maybe Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox or whatever you needed just to get the basic plot across, I feel like that would be a way better movie, even if you're just watching, like, cars driving, hitting each other, and blowing up and shooting and stuff. Right. I mean, there's... Spectacle is great. I love spectacle, but there's just no story, and there's no characters either, which leads me to my other point, and I was going to... I really want to ask you this. Okay. Not counting Optimus Prime, mm-hmm. not counting Bumblebee, mm-hmm. who's your favorite Autobot? I really like Jazz. Why do you like Jazz? Like, I don't know. He was just fun. I liked when what, he threatened. What, what fun did he do? What fun thing did he do? What fun, I, I just like the way he, I don't know, the way he like bounced around and talked to everybody. I like when he was going to kill the Chihuahua and Shia LaBeouf. See, to me, they, they lose in this movie the most interesting thing that about the cartoons and the toys and all the stuff because the thing that really captured my imagination about the toys was they gave them all very distinct personalities Mm -hmm. and not just oh they almost shot a chihuahua oh they knocked over a statue oh they turn into this you know that what they transform into is not their personality you know what i mean they actually had like well you know in the cartoon jazz is kind of the uh uh hothead no, he's not a hothead in the in the cartoon. He's actually an older, kind of an elder statesman. He's kind of a calm voice of a th- of reason, and he but he speaks in you know sort of patois because he was voiced by Scatman Crothers, which was kind of cool. Um, Optimus Prime was obviously the upright, forthright you know superhero. Um, Mirage, there's a there was a car in the uh, there was an Autobot in the cartoon named Mirage, and he was sort of deceptive, and he was ever like possibly going to join the Decepticons, even though his heart was in the right place, but he was just like, I want to go home. You don't, again, I've already described more characterization of the Autobots than like two of the movies had. Yeah. Uh, And that is one of my biggest problems with it. I love Optimus Prime and Peter Cullen can voice the shit out of him. And so I get him and Bumblebee, I think it's fine because it's like, oh, let's just have him speak in radio, speak in radio, which I thought that was clever. I mean, that's not, it's not the worst thing on earth, but it's, it, but those are the only two personalities you have. I mean, I feel like I see more personality in the Bumblebee trailer than I see in the, the Transformer movies. Which I'm excited for, actually. I Well, I'm kind of more excited about it now because I saw a couple of uh, sneaks about it. I saw a couple of sneak previews of it last night at the other Transformers movie. And I was like, wow, this is already more interesting to me because it's showing a much different way that these Transformers can be characterized yes. on screen. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure that focusing on one Transformer at a time doesn't hurt, but I just feel like, I mean, they just keep throwing shit on screen, and it's like, all the stuff that I really liked in the cartoon, like Starscream, the, the Decepticon Starscream, 
also treacherous. He's, you know, he's a Decepticon that's always trying to undermine Megatron. He's always trying to betray him. He's always trying to kill him. That didn't happen in the movie, either movie that I could see. I mean, yeah. I don't remember any of this. And that's one of the most interesting character things about the cartoon. It's all you have to do is just lift that and think of fun ways for Starscream to try and kill Megatron. That would you know? be fun. So. I'm, I'm not, I, I don't disagree that Transformers could be a different and better movie. But? But <laughs> the movie that we did get, I enjoyed a lot. I just checked out of it mentally. I mean, I, again, I watched this a couple months ago in anticipation about talking to you about it, and I just could not get invested. I watched it because I was like, okay, what do I like about this? What do I not like? But it was real clinical, and it was like, okay, I can see that's a well-set-up shot. I, oh, I liked that explosion. That was fun. Oh, I really liked that the Decepticons turn into jets and fly over the city. You know, the, the spectacle of the ending, like... Fight. I don't know yes, what you call you know, the, the battle. The big battle at the end where the city's being just crushed and people are fighting. That was I mean, the spectacle is great. And again, I like seeing the humans sort of, you know, kowtow into these enormous robots that just do nothing but destroy. But I don't know. It's so much to get to in that movie for so little payoff. And I just I don't know. And also I don't like the the bumbling Autobot backyard bullshit. Yeah, it was weird. When, like... I didn't like that either. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It it's also like, didn't match. Like, it right. felt like they... I felt like everything was... It felt like the humans were... Um, what's the word? What's the... Improving. They felt like the humans were improving mm-hmm. and they were animating the robots to just fill the space until they were done. Imp- like, it, nothing felt like yeah. they were actually there. And I was like, what is happening? And why would they bumble around in the background? Well, and right. Just, like, I mean, that's exactly my... You know, it's the same... They treated them like children. Yeah, it's the same characterization point I have for other things, which is like they're just acting in this particular character because Michael Bay needs to have this joke. And it's like Optimus Prime, who has just introduced himself as a stoic, uh, you know, heroic, forthright, upright, you know, he's very, he's formal. I mean, and and yet he's stumbling around like an idiot saying shit like, my bad. And it's like, it it just doesn't make any sense. He doesn't talk like that, number one. And number two... Why is he stumbling around anyway? And why are they all of them, including Optimus Prime, acting like knocking shit over in the kid's backyard is just like, oh, well, that just happened. They know what happens when you destroy shit. I mean, it's just, it's so like out of left field and so out of character and so just, it it looks like just like, oh, now we have to have the giant robots knocking shit over in the backyard because that's funny, right? And it's like, well, it's not. It's not. And it's lame and awful to watch well, and I makes com- me cringe. I completely agree. I cringe I, in that scene. Yay! Um, but I, if off, if there are moments like that, like in Transformers, then I just kind of dismiss it as I'm watching it. Even now, I've seen Transformers, I think, a, a half a dozen times. Uh-huh. And even now watching it, I'm like, oh, whatever, this is a stupid scene. Like, I'll look on my phone or something and then get back to the fun parts. That well, I here, know. I mean, let me, uh, to contextualize this, I understand being able to watch a movie that you don't, care that much about and that is sort of comfort food or comfort watching I do understand that and and so where I think we're going to diverge and never agree is they picked the wrong subject matter for me to need this as comfort food and just accept as comfort food because I have a, obviously a very invested interest in the characters that I liked and I'm not one of those people who's like well I need to see the exact thing that I saw as a kid I actually was really looking forward to a different more mature uh, version of the Transformers. So when I got a less mature version, yeah. I was kind of surprised and disappointed because I'm like, well, I mean, 
the cartoon was actually more complex than that. Not yeah. much, but it's like it had more complex plots and more complex characterizations, and it showed... I mean, it's it, it, it's kind of the complaint that people had about Man of Steel, where it's like, well, Superman's not being heroic. He's not trying to save the humans. He's just trying to, you know, fight the the bad guy and, and knock shit over. I felt like the, the Transformers were kind of doing that. It's like, That's well, true. Optimus Prime's main thing is like, we can't, our, you know, our bullshit shouldn't be interfering with human life. And it's he sort of just forgets they're there and runs into things. I mean, they, they do a, a half-assed job. It's not like they don't do it at all, but I don't know. It's just like, it... it the spectacle does not outweigh the nostalgia or the whatever that I'm feeling for this. And I just feel like, hey, if you want to f- blow shit up and if you want to do a Michael Bay movie where he's just like, you know, throwing missiles at buildings to see what happens, that's fine with me. I don't actually give that much of a shit. But you pick the wrong franchise as far as if you want me to like it. I mean, yeah. I know he doesn't give a shit, but I think. <laughs> but... I, I wanted to see at least a certain kind of movie, and I didn't get to see it. So then when the second one and subsequently all of them came out, I mean, I never would have thought in my fucking life, if you'd have told me at age 10 to 12 or whatever, hey, there's going to be five Transformers movies, live action Transformers movies. I would have You're going to hate them. I would have <laughs> shit my pants. And then if you'd have said to me, yes, and you're going to hate each and every last one of them, I might have fucking committed suicide. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. This podcast just got dark. Never, 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 never kill joke. yourself, kids. Yes. Always seek help if you if you have dark thoughts. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, it, it would have disappointed me so badly to know like, wow, they're going to make these movies and they're going to be terrible to you. It, I mean, uh, I can't even tell you what 12-year-old John would have felt. That's fair, yeah, because I, I have no ties to Transformers at all. So I'm just, look, I'm just looking at it. Like a Armageddon or Bad Boys Two, like it's just a random movie to me. Um, right. And in fairness, I look at a lot of the like other cartoons and things like that that take different approaches, and I watch them, and I'm like, oh, I can see why somebody like a kid would be interested in this, or I can see why somebody might like the Beast Wars or Prime Wars or whatever. They don't appeal to me as much, and I'm and I get that that's me and not them. Right. But I at least look at them and go, well, they're trying for something, and I don't feel like Michael Bay tried for that same thing. So that's fair. I will say one one last point of... Oh, are we done already? I, I mean, unless you have more. No, keep going. Um, one last point of uh, why uh, I really love and respect Transformers um, and why I am I, a big fan of Michael Bay um, in general as well is he has a high respect for the military and he treats them as such in his films because a lot of times when you watch... Uh, end of end of days movies or um, alien invasion movies. A lot of movies can treat the military not necessarily like bumbling idiots, but like aliens come and military doesn't know what to do and they all die. Um, and it's it's a little insulting because military um, military service members do have um, the training and wherewithal to adapt and overcome. So what was really great in Transformers is. The, the opening scene where the Decepticon comes to the base... Scorponok! <laughs> where he comes to the base where Glenmore Shower is, and it makes sense. They all freak out, and they're like, hey, we're under attack, and they're getting wiped out. And it's cool because it sets up like we have advanced military, and this thing came in and just knocked them the fuck out. And you're right. like, holy shit, this is a threat. But then Tyrese and his crew, when they're out in the desert, you see them adapting, and you see them fighting like humans fighting this giant scorpion 
robot that should murder them instantly, but they're able to like ebb and flow with it and figure it out, and then they call in an airstrike. And to me, that's fascinating and it's so respectful to like how this would happen if an aliens invaded. And I, I I respect that, and that's something I really take away in Michael Bay films. That's fair. I I I have no fault with that. Actually, if I have any fault with the military. Part of this story, it's how did the how did Tyrese and them survive? Because I watched that opening where Scorponok was killing things left and right and blowing everything up, and they were trying to run and they couldn't. And then the next scene, they were fine and they were hundreds of miles away. <laughs> I mean, again, this is like Michael Bay's terrible storytelling. He'll be, you know, one minute they'll be under attack and they're like, "Oh my God, we're about to die!" And then the next scene, it's like, "Oh man, glad we avoided that." And it's like, "Wait, what happened to the giant scorpion? Yeah, <laughs> where did where did the giant metal we, uh, scorpion we go? Just been following you guys. <laughs> I, how did you get away?" Yeah, <laughs> it seems like you shouldn't have actually gotten away that you would actually be dead. Shit like that just drives me nuts. Even like, I mean, this is less of a sin in my eyes. The continuity of like, he'll be, you know, Bumblebee will be driving. They'll be like running from a Decepticon or whatever. And it'll be bright fucking daylight. And then the next hard cut, there'll be across town in the fucking rain at night. And I'm like, when did the sun go down? <laughs> And you know what scene I'm talking about. I, I can see it in your eyes. You know what I'm saying. He, I mean, I am not a stickler for continuity, but I do think that like the sun doesn't go down in 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and shit like that is just... And I could forgive it in, in any movie. I could forgive that kind of... And I almost could forgive it in this movie. It's not that actually that part was that bad. That part was almost artfully done. It's just that... When you do it over and over, when everything is just like, eh, fuck continuity, fuck, you know, storytelling, you know, I just want to get, you know, to the next thing. It's just like, well, I I need a little bit of grounding, bro. Yeah. I, I need something to keep me like, because, I mean, you can keep bopping from place to place, but it's like a Boonwell film, but without the art at that point. You know, it's yeah. just, it just, and I do, I, I joke about it a lot, but I actually say Michael Bay's films are kind of like Boonwell films because they'll just cut from random shit. Like they'll break the line. They'll, they'll pull all these technical like um, rule breaks. And it's like, I'm fine with breaking the rules, but I don't think he's doing it because like, well, if I put you on this side of the camera and then I throw you over to this side of the camera, you'll be discombobulated. And because the characters are discombobulated. It's just a mistake. It's just a mistake. It's just like, eh, it looks cool to flip over from to, from this side to the other. And it's like, well, that's fine, but you don't, I mean, you get these little feelings of like continuity glitching and shit going wrong. And you're just like, there's something about this scene that's unsettling. I And actually there's this great podcast called the freshman 15, where they did a review of Michael Bay's uh, bad boys and they actually maintain that Michael Bay, and I think this is kind of astute, he just aims to make people tense the whole time they're at the movies. And that's everything is in service of making you tense. So yeah. I don't think he necessarily breaks the rules thinking to himself, well, the characters are tense, so I want the audience to be tense. He's just like, eh, throw him over to the other side because I want the audience to be tense. And I suppose there is, if he's doing it on purpose, there's some kind of art to that. But it's like, if all you're doing is trying to make me tense all the time, then I... I that I, I don't enjoy know. the movie. Yeah. How can I enjoy the movie if I'm just tense the whole fucking time? You yeah. need to release the tension at some point. Anyway. <laughs> so you want a Michael Bay hand job. Right. <laughs> I mean, isn't this what I mean that's what please Michael Bay, please give me a hand job. <laughs> that's all that's John all, is asking. <laughs> I mean, I have I feel like I've been asking in code for long enough. Please, Michael Bay, just, just try to skip all the like foreplay. Just give me the hand job that I've been wanting. <laughs> Well, this, this took a turn. <laughs> so, dear Michael Bay, well, I'm glad that we've we've turned you into a Transformers lover. I 
and that's where this ends. I don't, remember when, I don't remember when that happened, though. Um, well, no, because the whole point of this podcast is to just kind of bring up both sides of it, and hopefully every, people, people listening to me, like, like, often I'll read a review about a movie, and... I'll be like, oh yeah, that that was pretty stupid, and I did really like that, and that was pretty dumb. And like, you, they bring up things that you don't think about initially. So sometimes I'll watch a movie and be like, for instance, I watched, what was it? Was it Justice League? Justice League. I watched Justice League, and uh, we were in the theater, and Steve uh, Hernandez and I, we came out, and we went in ready to fight the world because we <laughs> love Man of Steel, um, and we were like, we're gonna love this, everyone's gonna hate it. And we came out, and we're like. That was good. That was good. Yeah. We really like that. And then we read a review that just pointed out everything that was wrong with it. And I was like, no, that's uh, that's all fair. And that's that's not like a few scenes. That's 100%. They talked about 100% of that movie. And I agree with everything they said. I think I don't like that movie. Oh. Well, see, I, I, I enjoy, this is the thing I enjoy the most about you, Trevor, is I do enjoy your open mind quite a bit. You're, you're, You've got one of the biggest hearts I know of, and you've got one of the most open minds I know of. So I really appreciate that you come to things with such a unabashed love of them. <laughs> but when you are given enough input, I do feel like you do make, you know, interesting choices. I don't even, I don't, I'm not even necessarily I agree with every choice you make, but I feel like you, you give thoughtful choices to things, which is why I don't want to destroy your love of Transformers, even though I fucking hate it so bad. But I, but your love of it is so like it's it's intoxicating. It's it's uh, you know what I mean. It's it's infectious. I you know I want to like Transformers. I really when I went back to watch it again, I really wanted to like it. I swear to God, I was like I'm gonna go on his show and I'm gonna do the song and dance. But hopefully, I like it more. And I just. No, fucking hated it so bad. <laughs> That's what Josh said on the first episode. He's like, I went to, I went into watching Lady in the Water. Like, I'm gonna be on Trevor's side with this. <laughs> but that's the thing is, like, Trevor invites us on this show to be like, hey, I want you to come and rip it apart for you know entertainment value. And then we, but we feel so bad about. Well, I just don't want to pick on Trevor just because he likes a thing. <laughs> that's awful. And then you go in and, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna watch this movie with totally critical eye. I'm not going to say anything bad about it that it doesn't deserve. And then you watch it, it's like, this movie's a piece of fucking shit. It deserves all the shit it gets for being a terrible fucking movie. Trevor should have never made me watch it. Now I'm mad at him for making me watch it again. I could have used that two hours to do anything else. I could have watched the original Transformers, which is also isn't even that great a movie, but I love it. And, uh, that's how I roll. I like and, to ruin my friendships. Oh, see, this, this show's a terrible idea. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining me on it. As, sure. As my ma- pleasure, I, I guess. As many of you have heard him plug throughout, John has a very awesome podcast called Aww. The Hold Up Podcast. Yeah, me and my uh, buddy John Longino, we, uh, we take movies that we haven't seen for many years that we remember being good, and then we bring them to each other and, and put them up for examination, and we try and remember as much about them as we can, try and convince the other person, this is why we liked it, or this is why I liked it, this is why you should like it. Then we watch it and uh, hopefully don't have to take it all back. <laughs> we see if that movie holds up. It's super fun. They have a great rapport. I was on one of the episodes, the Sandlot episode. He did the Sandlot with us, a movie I had not seen, but now I also fucking hate. <laughs> it's so good. We bought him a "You're Killing Me" small shirt. It was great. The funny thing is, I don't actually have that deep an opinion of the movie one way or the other. But they like it so much that I hate it that I keep. I have to play into that. Yes, so. it's a lean in. So I so I pretend to hate it, but honestly, I I don't. But yeah, if you want to check us out, you can go to holduppodcast.com or you can uh, find us at iTunes. It's uh, obviously The Hold Up with John and John. 
It's really good. So go check it out. Um, thank you for listening. And uh, you can reach me at Trevor Carley on Twitter, Trevor Carley on Instagram. And uh, stay tuned for more episodes. And if you if you are a friend of mine or close enough that I would invite you into my home uh, and you think there's a movie that you hate that I most likely love. Uh, it's easier than you think, folks. Yeah, it's really easy. He's got really terrible taste. I, I like everything. I like Amazing Spider-Man too. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, so hit me up and let me know if you want to come to a podcast. Thanks for coming by, and we'll see you next time.